The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. What is up, D-Gen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Journalist podcast. Of course, as you guys know, we are sponsored by Draft.com. Join Draft right now with and use promo code DGEN and get a free $3 ticket for attorney of your choice after you make a minimum deposit of $10. If you crush your season-long NFL league with a snake draft, this site is for you. Uh, they actually have these huge best ball tournaments coming up uh, for football. Uh, on draft.com million dollar first prize go check it out use promo code DGEN and get that free ticket as usual i'm here with my partner in crime tyler tambaline tyler how you doing this week buddy i'm doing good kenny i'm excited it's it's team canada week rbc canadian open man the canadian kid here ready to go so i can't wait to get to this week the field's actually not half bad for a little bit of it but we'll get into that but yeah it's decent to have the top that we've got here so i'm excited for it yeah, yeah. I mean, the top half of this uh, tourney looks looks nice. But before we get into that, let's let's talk about last week. Uh, Patrick Henley with the big win at the Memorial. Thank God uh, you actually said the play him because me and Baroff were anti Canley. Uh, I actually changed my mind uh, Wednesday night. Um, thank God. <laughs> you know what I'm <laughs> thank God. Uh, because I, I guess the way you think about this DFS wise was the way I was thinking about it. Everything lined up for Cantley, but the only thing that didn't was I thought that he'd be popular, uh, over owned. And that he was too pricey. Now, looking back on it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. Um, you know, I, I mean, I think personally for myself, I am putting too much emphasis emphasis on ownership. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's very important. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't think you should not think about it all the time. But like, Cantley was just so right in front of me. 
You know, everything was leading up and everything was lined up for him to succeed. And I still didn't want to play him on Monday, at least, um, because of the ownership. And I think looking back on that, that's a mistake. Uh, so, you know, I, I think, you know, if it lines up that well, uh, I think I'm going to have to start playing these guys, even if they are going to be super chalky. And maybe that's one reason why I've been struggling in GPPs uh, here lately, because I, I keep overanalyzing, overthinking. Uh, luckily, I added about 25% uh, Cantley at the very end, which is just a little bit over um, his his ownership. I think mean, he was around 20 to 22% in all all tournaments last week. Uh, but what a performance by him. And first off, if you don't know the Patrick Cantley story, um, he was basically Jordan Spieth before Jordan Spieth. Um, he was the next up-and-coming big U.S. thing. You know, like he won the uh, Jack Nicholas Award for Best Player of the Year. He was the number one ranked amateur in the world for 55 weeks. Uh, now, his career took a little bit of a sideways trajectory uh, because of back issues and then you know he actually witnessed his best friend get hit by a car and was killed it was actually his caddy as well and so that sort of put a little damper on his game uh, he was out of the game for a little bit um, focusing on his injury trying to get better but now he's back and the, the, the can't lay that we thought was going to come you know seven five six seven years ago is here now this guy is really really good uh the, the, what he did on sunday was incredible uh, what well, shoots like 64 uh, to win the event. Um, really, really big win for him. Uh, you know, Memorial is such a huge tournament. It gets him into all these different uh, tournaments now. So good for him. Uh, you know, Adam Scott with another great performance. He was one, I think this is like the fourth or fifth time that one of my bets on the BetQL betting segment finished in second uh, this season. So that was a little irritating. I, th- I really wanted to make that birdie uh, on 17 to give him a shot uh, to tie Patrick Kenley. But, and then other guys, like look, look at Martin Timer, um, you know, coming out of nowhere, doing his thing. Mark Leishman with a heavy heart, because I don't know if you guys know, there was a mass shooting in Virginia Beach, uh, I think Friday or Saturday afternoon. And Mark lives about a mile away from where that happened. Uh, so, you know, a, a lot of stuff was going through his mind more than likely. And he was still able to finish up, have a really nice finish. Decky up there playing better. I think he's gradually getting better and better. You see all his starts moving up. And, you know, he could be in play next week uh, at the Pebble. at Pebble, And then Jordan Spieth, of course. Uh, this guy is, um, he's doing his thing, man. I, I mean, like, he, he didn't play that well on Sunday, but it looks like it's back. It's, it looks like he's coming back. Uh, I think he's going to be viable uh, to the roster from now on, as long as he's going on a slump. A slump, I think he's he's getting back to where he needs to be. Uh, what do you think about the event last week? Yeah, uh, really good. C, C is for Cantlay, C is for closers, and that Sunday was incredible. 64 on the way out. Uh, you know, Jack Nicholas said to the boy, I forget who it was, Adam Scott, you know, you ran into a buzzsaw. Well, no, he's been doing that all tournament, 68, 69, 68, 64. So uh, only guy on the tournament for all four under 70, just, you know, flip back to DraftKings for a second. But just in general, that's hard enough to do at this course. So uh, much deserved win, incredible win. The guy doesn't show a lot of emotion. You know, thanks, Jack. Appreciate it, Jack. Like he's he's like a robot almost on 18 there, but uh, he got his handshake. He, he got the win and that's awesome for him. So Good to see a couple other things you mentioned. Uh, don't see, I, I don't know, everyone's wanting to jump on Keimer all of a sudden because of this and, and what he's done in the past at, you know, Pebble. I, I don't know about that, but I mean, at 150 to one, it was some decent odds. So I know some people got in early on that. Don't hate it. I just. Oh, also, you got you also got to think if he's like 6,600 
for Pebble. That, that's more what you I'm know, thinking. I mean, there's a couple be, guys. It's going to be hard to not play him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a couple guys like that. Um, the big today. Not to I'll go back to this in one second, but today was also all the qualifiers, the big Columbus qualifier where 14 people get in, and there was some guys in there that got in that I'm going to wonder about their price coming into the U.S. Open because uh, there's some guys that I like up top there that we'll get into next week. Uh, other guys, you mentioned Hideki. Man, he looked flustered on 18 at the end. Like it just took everything out of him, and it was it's. You know, he doesn't always show a lot of emotion himself, but what a great Saturday for him shooting that 64. Uh, and then on Sunday, just to shoot a 72, it was just like he was dejected by it because he felt like he really had a shot. Maybe not because Cantley shot a 64 of his own, but I'm just saying he could have been the guy up there with him, with Adam Scott and those guys. And he just, you could tell he didn't feel like he had a great day. So I'm expecting him to go to work uh, really on my radar for the U.S. Open. Spieth, you, you said doing his thing, you know, quote unquote, I guess, because doing his thing is like back in the day when he's holling out from everywhere uh, and it back to doing that again. Actually, so. He was actually pretty good tee to green, man. He was actually pretty good tee to green for the most part. It was hilarious. Sunday. The the guy, I forget which guy from Golf Channel posted let, like Spieth's been so amazing tee to green and then someone in the community posted his stats and was like, you call this good? Yeah, yeah, no. And he deleted the no, tweet because no, no. it was like, actually, he's not. Yeah, no. But it, it's all good. He no. does. It's like you said, it is he his thing. This week, yeah. Hey, it's like three top tens in a row now. See, so however you get there, it really don't matter. You know, Dominic Toretto, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. If you, if you get up there... You get up there. So, Spieth, good for him. Tiger, though, that Sunday was awesome. But, I mean, he really did nothing all yeah. weekend. Like, I'm I'm thinking about what he's going to be. And back to that USQ today, the, the US Open Q, um, I think that's going to hold DK off for a day or so. I bet you Wednesday we get the pricing. Uh, they like to get out as soon as possible. And I'm really interested to see what Tiger is there because, man, he looked like didn't even really have to do much. Uh, it just reminded me of one of those spots. So, I. Uh, you know, I hate playing Tiger at high prices, but at Pebble Beach, I might make an exception. More on that later. Uh, other than that, man, great tournament overall. Interesting to see uh, Justin Thomas, just to talk on him real quick. Um, and he's in the field for this week, but I'm not sure what's going on. He had an awesome day on on Thursday. Strokes gain approach was like gaining three strokes. He looked solid. Maybe the wrist injury is nothing. Uh, and then doubled down on it on in the opposite direction on Friday and missed the cut with like a plus seven overall. So uh, really weary about him going to this week. We'll get there. But yeah, overall great tournament. Congratulations, Patrick Cantlay. That was incredible. And now we get to see more of this guy. He should be extremely popular going forward in all formats. One thing about Hideki is uh, his 64 on Saturday was the first time he hit. He shot in the 60s at the Memorial since 2014. He really hasn't been that great on the weekends here, and that was nice to see. I uh, had to give him a little bit of confidence. Uh, you know, first time shooting in the 60s since 2014 uh, at the Memorial on the weekend, so that was cool. Uh, another thing, Kucher doing his doing his cheating thing again. <laughs> now, now here, here's the, here's the thing about Kuch. I, I, I don't mind stuff like that um if you can try to attempt to bend the rules a little bit in your favor and people agree um i don't really have too much of an issue with that uh i guess i mean if that's what really what he saw if he was straight up just lying uh you know i mean he's a, I he's a bad salesman somebody, too you know he, he's he, he was because he was right about the first part they like the official did come out and say like oh your ball rolled three yards that's not no way and then cooch was like mm, i don't think it rolled at all and then they went to video and it didn't roll but it did land in a different pitch mark therefore it's it is what it is the ruling's the ruling but he was terrible at selling it like i know he was joking but can i get a third 
like you're done, buddy. Yeah, yeah, Get on yeah, with the thing. I know, I know. Ricky well, was annoyed. Ricky was like trying to be on his side for a second. And I always defend Cooch. And this is the one time I'm just like, no, just end it. And once they tell you this yeah. many times, the guy basically said, I'm done with your shit, Matt. There's no way you're going to explain to me that this bounced up in the air, landed back down and created a new hole from all that force. He's like, just move on, <laughs> yeah. play your shot. And then I love that Kucher like blasted it off the back of the green. I was like, perfect. But I hated it because I had them all over the place in DFS. And I had so many good five out of six lineups with Kucher's dumbass 18 points. Well, I mean, Phil looked really irritated about it. And, but the thing is, like, <laughs> it was gone. Phil, freaking had a free, Phil had a free drop from the woods. Yeah. As always. Once. Remember that? I mean, like, he was like, oh, there's a sprinkler head in 25 feet into the woods. Yeah. I get a free drop, right? And they gave him the drop. You know, I mean, can he really be pissed at the actor trying to pull some shit? Phil like took that? off, man. Um, Phil was I, done with that. He was yeah, gone to the I next know. green, right? He the next box. I know. I, I know. loved it. I know. Uh, uh, personally, for me, DFS wise, it was a good week. Uh, Better, you know, it was a winning week for me. Uh, my cash game cornerstones went three or four. Kucher was the one that missed, but that's why I say, you know, ownership really doesn't matter too much um, in in um, cash games because, you know, he was 77% owned in most double ups, and I cashed easily without him, even though I had another miscut too. I had a U-line. Uh, that was a mistake. I went too aggressive. But, you know, I only had four guys make the cut, and I cashed easily. Uh, and, the, and the thing about the ownership thing when it comes to cash is if Kucher won and he's 78% owned and you don't have him, you're fucked. You're fucked. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You're done. Uh, you're done. Uh, so uh, th- that's why I don't think looking at ownership in cash is is that important. So I won easily in cash. Uh, thank God I added the Kentley at, at the end. I didn't win in GBPs, but I actually did better than I have been. So I had over a 10% return on investment for the week, you know, which isn't much, but it's better than like the $5, the $7, the $12 that I've been winning week in and week out. Like I've won almost, I've won like something like probably close to 70% of the weeks this this year, maybe even 75% of the weeks this year I've won. Uh, and the issue is, the only thing is I'm winning like four bucks. Each time. So it's not that great. I've had like two weeks where I won more than like 300 bucks. So uh, that's the only thing keeping me afloat um, for this season. But so it was nice getting a little bit of a return on investment. Uh, I'm looking forward to this weekend and the U.S. Open, definitely. Uh, How'd you do? Yeah, not a a great week. Like I said, a lot of – I had multiple 500-plus point lineups with Kucher in them. So I had a bunch of the right plays with like the Cantlay – uh, Grillo, Hideki, these type of guys, Streelman, all, all these 100-point guys or 90-plus. Uh, we'll get to the Listener League in a second, but you know, just looking at his lineup and seeing all the same guys I had almost, and that, but I'm at 511 or 512 because Kucher's sitting in there. So didn't get a uh, – didn't lose a huge chunk, but probably got back like 60% of my entries. So move on, you know, really looking forward to the U.S. Open. Uh, thanks to everyone who invested in my State Kings package. I'm selling a – 50 lineups off there, so that's going to be some fun that we'll talk about on the pod next week too. That $100 Millie Maker for the U.S. Open is going to be exciting. With you know only I say only, but versus the normal 176,000 or 225,000 at the Masters or whatever it was for 20 bucks, it, it flips it down to 33,000 people. So uh, you don't always need like you talk about all the time, Kenny, having the big 700 point lineup. You know that would seal the deal by a long shot. But you 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 know you'll do better in that than you will of one that's got 176,000 people where the score is 20 to 30 points higher normally. Um, so looking forward to that uh, overall. One thing you mentioned I'll just bring up quick was the ownership thing. I can't stress that enough. Like you nailed it and I talk about it um, over at Gup's Corner in the Slack chat all the time. 
uh, really what it comes down to is if the best guy, you know, you need the winner. It, it really doesn't matter. You know, I use the Ricky Fowler one all the time at the Waste Management Phoenix Open. He was 43% owned, but he not only won, but he scored a shitload of points because he, he went up so much, fell back so far, and then went all the way back up again. So all those streaks and extra birdies and all those things that matter, like you just got to have – you got to go with who you got to go with that you need, and then you got to differentiate elsewhere, right? We'll talk about it with the listener league lineup, but that's what you said too. And in cash, to your point, it's it's essentially – it's a blocker play. If Kucher wins and you don't have him and he's 80% owned, you're done. Every single cash line doesn't cash. So, But if he does miss the cut like he did, you can still win because you've got the other plays elsewhere. So – uh, good job. You're off to a hell of a start of the season. I'm hoping I can catch up with uh, a nice little GPP scoop here soon. Maybe the Million Maker is going to be it. Yeah, I just want one good GPP week, man. Please, Lord Jesus, help me. Uh, now, <laughs> one, one thing about, uh, you know, I totally lost my train of thought. Let's move on to the Listener League. Uh, so the winner this of last week's Listener League was Tree Frog. Uh, he, he had a total of 578 points, which is really, really solid. Uh, he had Patrick Cantlay. Who is a, who? Of course, won twenty five point five percent on solid work, uh, higher owned than most in our listening league than he is than he was on most um, GPP. So good work, guys. Rory Sabatini continuing his good play, finishing twenty seventh place, fourteen point five percent owned. Uh, Hideki Matsuyama, twenty seven point five percent, hundred finishing sixth place. Grillo, who was in my cash lineup, Grillo, Scott, and Hideki saved me in my cash lineups. I had three golfers in the top ten of my four golfers that made the cut. So that, that, that definitely helped me. So he had Grillo, um, 23.5%, 90, uh, uh, top 10 Streelman. Uh, that was a good pick for him. Uh, finished in fourth hat was 9% owned. And then Max Homa, who I actually liked a lot last week. The guy has not been the typical first time winner. Like a lot of these young cats who win for the first time, you see their game go straight downhill for, weeks months at a time uh home is not he's been playing solid golf uh not you know world breaking golf but solid golf after his win finished in 37th at seven percent oh what do you think of the lineup loved it yeah pretty much uh, echoes everything that i just said and talked about you know a lot of the plays we liked but different you know cantley grillo and hideki all call rounded up but it's it's pretty much an average of 25 percent between those three, between Hideki and Grillo, balance it out. So, you know, that's, you know, 75% ownership, but those are all pretty good value plays. Satini, who'd been on fire recently, right? We we knew that, and he had a little bit of a awkward price at 8300 so that differentiated you a little there. Streelman had picked up steam as the week went on. You'll see he got to 9%. He wasn't really on, uh, you know, a lot of radars till sort of midweek or, or end of the week, and people started seeing, okay, Sixth at Valero, sixth at RBC. You know, he's been turning it on. He only had one round worse than a 72 uh, in his last four tournaments when I looked it up. So uh, Streelman turned it on. That made perfect sense at 7,400. I actually got on to quite a bit of Streelman as the week went on as well. Uh, and then Homa, just like you said, another young dude that's got a win recently. Certain guys have kept it going, right? Like Keith Mitchell still does pretty good. Homa. Um, who's the other one I was just saying of? Kang. Right, these guys that got theirs were grinding real close and still can roll with it. Other guys like Adam Long has turned it on, you know, top thirties and top forties. These other, you know, standout long shot wins. Home was the real deal. He's been getting it done recently, and it was another good finish for him. So uh, he'll be an interesting one upcoming uh, as we watch for the bigger tournaments coming up as well as the year end. So I, I like that lineup. It's perfect setup. Two low owned guys, three huge chalk, and one right in the middle. Good job, Tree Frog. We'll see you in the three men. 
I didn't know he just brought up Kang. I thought it was really weird that he withdrew from this event. Uh, he is 61st um, in, the, in, I think, the world rankings or what it was. Yeah. One of those rankings that you, and you need to be in the top 60 yeah. to be automatically qualified for the U.S. Open next week. He was 61st, and he decided not to play. Yeah, something's going on, though. It's got to be an injury, I looked right? into it further. It has to be because he it's went through from the queue today as well. Yeah, it's got to be. So it would it would have kind of made sense if he was you know going to go to the queue and just decided that whether he gets in or out, he's going to take a mental break and skip this one. Not like him, but I'm just saying that's what it would have been. He would he could have went to the queue and just still withdrew right and just played in that, got a top 14 and then moved on and and had a week off or whatever and realized that. But he withdrew a both, so something happened or, or something's tweaked. Right, we don't know what it is, but got to be an injury or he wouldn't do that. Yeah, There's just no way he's playing good right now and he just won. Next time you see him at an event where he's rosterable, I'd, I'd dig deeper and see what happened because that's just strange to me. Uh, it has to mm-hmm. be an injury, in my opinion. All right, so let's move on to this week. The tour heads to Ancaster, Ontario for the RBC Canadian Open. This is the first time Hamilton Golf and Country Club has hosted um, a PGA event since 2012, and it's only the third time PGA golfers have played here since 2003. One big change since 2012 was the removal of over 1,000 trees. Golfers that are familiar with the course should see more open sight lines and feel less claustrophobic when they hit it into the trees. Rain has pummeled the area as nearly 100 millimeters of precipitation has fallen here in the last month and a half. This should make for soft conditions, especially since there is more rain in the forecast Wednesday and Thursday. Now, Rod Trainer, he is the superintendent at Hamilton, and he said this about wet weather affecting this event. The key to Hamilton, true, the key to Hamilton truly challenging the best players in the world is that it must be dry. If there is any significant rain leading up to the tournament, trainer says the course will lose some of its edge and its key defenses, and the PGA Tour players will be firing at pins. When our greens and fairways get wet, he says, they don't dry out quickly. Now, these soft conditions should lead to easier scoring conditions because the fairways and greens will be easier to hit. The drainage system under the greens is actually almost 30 years old. So, uh, you know, there's sub air and stuff. It is really not a factor. So I don't expect the greens to firm up anytime soon. Maybe if it's windy and, and hot, but that doesn't seem like it's in the forecast this week. The winds should be down. Uh, the temperature should be cool for this time of the year. Uh, but luckily, there's no rain in the forecast after Thursday. Now, Hamilton and Golf and Country Club is a 6,967-yard par 70 with two par 5s and four par 3s. The par 5s are the two easiest holes on the course, and most golfers should be able to reach in two as long as they avoid the rough off the tee or a fairway bunker or the water. <laughs> the par 3s are long with, with three over 200 yards and the fourth at 188 yards. The longer par 3s all ranked in the top five hardest holes in 2012 uh, at this event. Even though the par threes are long, most of the par fours are short by tour standards. Only one is over 450 yards, and three are under 400 yards. You're looking at around 12 par fours that are between 400 and 400, or not 12, eight par fours that are between 400 and 450 yards. Now, off the tee, golfers will see narrow fairways with some water and a few bunkers in play. The main defense off the tee is the three to four inch rough that I have heard. Uh, but I have heard mixed things. Like I've seen some reports where it's not that thick. I've seen some reports where it is thick. I'm going to go uh, where it's playing three to four inches. That, that's what the tour superintendent says he wants. Uh, I think that's where it's going to be. Uh, now, most will hit less than driver 
on off the team. But Robert Garrigus, who came in second here in 2012, said he hit five to six drivers a day. Now, golfers that are uber aggressive off the tee could possibly hit more drivers than Garrigus did in 2012 because of the opening up the, of the course with the tree removal and the super soft conditions, which always makes fairways wider, wider because there's not going to be any rollout. Uh, on approaches, golfers will see smallish greens with tremendous slope and undulation. Golfers need to hit their approaches in the front of in front of the pin to avoid massive sloping downhill putts and chips. The greens are poa with a sprinkle of bent grass and should play slow with a stip meter rating around 11 or just under 11. Uh, Tambo, what are you looking for this week in golfers? You hit on a couple points there. Big big thing is that rough that you talked about. Saw some video and some pictures on it today. Looks to be pretty thick. The rain comes down on top of that. I think it's similar to last week in a sense where we'll still want guys hitting the fairway. Normally, that's the obvious. I'm just saying it with that thicker rough, it makes it that much more important. So uh, we won't have the fairways. Like you said, scoring. I think scoring is going to be big, especially coming coming out of the gates. I, I think we'll see a good early score pop up. So I want birdies are better, DK points, greens and regulation, super important. Uh, and then you talked about uh, that 400 to 450, which you can dial right into uh, just to get a good idea of who's going to be good in that range. Uh, and then a little bit of par five scoring. There's only two here but you know the scoring is easy on those so that's where it's going to happen but other than that it's pretty pretty mediocre week the like i said we joked at the start of the show um you know half the field is good it's really like one sixteenth of the field is good and then the rest just drops off completely so it'll be fun to go through this part but uh we're killing the elf in the room it's dustin johnson this is his show man this is the spot what do you think about dustin johnson kick it off oh yeah i'm playing dj uh, I mean, the thing about it is, I, honestly, I, 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 so I was talking to Friday. I made a post yesterday on Twitter about how I think that it, people are going to hit more drivers than people than you you would think here, uh, because of the soft conditions and the way a lot of these top golfers are playing golf right now. I mean, you know, they're using their their length as an advantage even on shorter courses. You saw it with Finau at Colonial. You see it with John Rahm all the time that he plays. You know, Kepka says that he just hits it as far as he can, goes out there and tries to find his ball. It's sort of like the new way that these top guys are playing golf. And, you know, I know the rough is going to be thick. I know it's going to be tall. But, you know, if these guys are hitting drivers on a short course, they're going to leave themselves like 80-yard pitch shots. I mean, even in thick rough, since the greens are soft, those aren't the hardest shots for these guys because they're so strong upper body-wise. They can get through that grass. I think there's going to be more drivers hit than people think. I could be wrong. I'm, I'm taking a guess here, an educated guess, because Friday Pauly said I was. Yeah. <laughs> he said he said if you if you ever if you you should you should give him a follow Go, at Golfman Pauly. They got Pauly, the guy's really really sharp sharp dude. And so you know it made me think about it twice because he's saying this was shit. Then maybe I'm wrong, but I just have a feeling uh, that they're going to hit more drivers than you would think here. Maybe about six seven per round, especially for these top guys. And Dustin Johnson is one of the best drivers in the world. Um, you know, so I, and he has a really good wedge game. Uh, they're, they're, I can't not play. Yeah, do, him. And I was thinking between him. I was going to say, does the driver thing really matter though? I, I mean, like you said, Friday, Polly, you know, he's super sharp, so can't doubt what he's saying. No, no question. But what I'm saying is who cares if Rory Brooks and DJ all want to club down, what, what are we worried about? Those are still the guys, whether, you know, they use more drivers or not, these guys are still going to pump it out there dead straight pump it up onto the green, and then likely make the putts, if not par, worse. And then they're going to score on the scoring hole. So I, I don't really care if they're using more drivers or not. These guys are better than everybody in the field. I'll, I'll get into it in a second. You can carry on. But what what do you think of that? Like, it doesn't really matter, does it? 
No, but I think it would give them an advantage if they decide to do it. Uh, and I, I'm not just saying these guys either. I'm thinking of the guys that you know that are lower in the price range that you know hit it long. I, I just have a feeling that they're going to be hitting more driver because the winds are going to be down. The fairways are wider with the uh, softer conditions. But we'll see. It's it's an ed- educated guess. I could be 100 percent wrong. Uh, I could easily be 100 percent wrong. We haven't played here since 2012, and you look at the the field in 2012. It's like like a Barracuda championship or something like that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? It was not a very, very strong field. You didn't see the top bombers going out there and playing back then. So uh, it's just a feeling. I could be wrong. Um, but I think it, it can be a big advantage because, you know, you put a wedge in these pro golfers' hands, any pro golfer, it's going to be – they're going to be hit it close. That's the way, unless unless you're Rory McIlroy. Let's get to Rory. Uh, I think Rory's going to be a fade for me, but here's the reason why. His iron plays are pretty good this year. But he's been really bad from 100 yards and in. Uh, it really hasn't affected him that much because there's not many courses where you hit a ton of approaches from 100 yards and in. Now, this course, being, being so short, I think you'll see more approaches from 100 yards and in than they would, especially if they decide to be aggressive off the tee. And, you know, I mean, Rory's out there. His driver's his best weapon. Why wouldn't he use it? So, I, you know, I think he's ranked 204th from approaches from 75 to 100 yards. Uh, I think from 50 to 75, he's like 70, 70th or something like that. Like, he's really been bad at those short. You saw it last week at the Memorial. He had a couple of short approaches. Uh, and, that, you know, he, he had so much spin on these just roll off the green. Uh, and I think that's going to be trouble for Rory. So Rory's going to be a fade for me. Um, I'm going to I'm going back on the Justin Thomas fan. I think last week was just rust. He hadn't played in a while. He got back, got in there, got in a little bit of a groove on – on Thursday, lost it on Friday. I'm sure he's out there practicing. I mean, how 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 often was he able to practice with a sore wrist? You know what I'm saying for for the last six weeks. Um, so I, I think I, at that price, uh, I'm going to go jump back on uh, Justin Thomas this week. What about you? A couple things there. One, JT, good point. Um, you know, he's the one that I sort of dropped at the top of the show that I want. I'm definitely want to go back to him. I'm just not sure how much. Uh, I, I'm with you as far as his practice goes. He he had talked about it. We talked about this last week, but he mentioned on Twitter that he literally did not play until about five or six days before the tournament. You know, at, from Augusta, so he had not practiced. He got out like two or three practice rounds in between the two that he posted on Instagram with Tom Lovelady, uh, and then whatever he did at the course when he got there. So he did come out strong on Thursday, like you said. Friday was just maybe the rust, couple things, whatever. 10 G's, it's not cheap. It actually went up slightly, but didn't go up that much for the field change, right? Obviously a much weaker field besides the dudes at the top. But I'm just saying if you cancel those guys out, I don't know. Um, As far as Rory goes, you mentioned, yeah, I didn't look at his, you know, 100 and under, but this course, the way from everything that I've seen, you know, the past history here and what people were talking about today and posting, it's really dialed in for that 125 to 175 range, based on the way he's going to do off the tee, the length of the holes. And, and he's been crushing it in 125 to 150 and 150 to 175. He's the best of the top three. Um, besides DJ's second in 125 to 150, Rory's third. So so basically basically, if Rory's smart, he probably won't hit driver off. That's what I'm thinking. Now, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm saying yeah, like, yeah. He's a guy smart, that we know can come down off. anyway. I mean, he's already an accurate driver, so he can do whatever he wants. But let's just say... The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. 
President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. He hasn't been hitting a lot of fairways lately, so he clubs down. He gets into that range where he's been solid, and he may be a little bit of the forgotten guy because you didn't mention Brooks, and that's what worries me. That's what I'm wondering about this week because obviously DJ is the play of the week, but Brooks is right there for 200 bucks cheaper. If people are going to go DJ, I don't know how many people get Brooks in their life. Like, here's what I was saying to guys today. You know, no one's going to say DJ's not going to be owned. He's going to be 25 to 30%, maybe as high as 35 we've seen. Uh, I know it's not Glen Abbey, but at the RBC Canadian Open, we've seen DJ be 35% before. So that's nothing. We've also seen guys win tournaments that had DJ 100% at that tournament while he was 35 and said it's silly that he was 35. He should have been 50 or 60, because it's just a course he can overpower and dominate. Different course, but still, we're talking about a 6,900-yard course. DJ, Dustin Johnson, the stats line up, the history of what he's been, the recent form, um, everything lines up. So uh, it's tough to imagine. Brooks has to be the good GPP play there, but I don't know. If, like you said, we all, we always said this, does Brooks care, right? Does he show up and he, he cares about winning tournaments, I'm just saying, as much? I, I don't know. DJ wants to keep it rolling here. DJ's competed at almost every tournament this year um, that he's been at. So it's going to be tough between those guys. I actually still like Rory um, a little more than Brooks. So I rank him DJ, Rory, Brooks. Not as high on Kucha. I know you didn't mention him either. Not just because of last week. It's just the price difference. He's solid. He's having a great year. But when I can get Rory for 700 bucks more and then the other guys are right there and plus how much DJ I'm going to have. It's going to be tough for me to get to Kucher. JT as a contrarian GPP play will pair him up, uh, you know, as the starting point and maybe with one of the guys at the top and just have to get weird down below. Um, but for me, the big question is Brooks Kepler. Do you want to talk about him for a second? What's your take on, take on Brooks? Well, here's, a, here's the thing about Brooks. I read somewhere today <laughs> that um, Brooks actually uh, loses strokes on his baseline score on shorter courses. So he's not – he hasn't been the best – at shorter courses and you know it's it's we're nitpicking here because he's an amazing golfer he can go out and win easily uh so but you got to nitpick a little bit when these top guys are you know all top five top six in the world so um yeah i i I can only play one of those two i'm gonna play dj i'm not gonna play both uh and then uh justin thomas i'm definitely gonna play and i'll probably play a little i'll probably play a little bit of kuchar i mean he hits a lot of fairways supposedly that's what you need here um and I think last week was a fluke. I don't think it was that big of a deal. Just a little bump in the road for him. And maybe he'll draw his ownership down a little bit since he screwed so many people. All right. So let's get down to this 9K range. I'll go first. Two of my cash game cornerstones are here. Um, 
first off, it's going to be Webb Simpson at $9,700. Uh, you know, strong approach game, strong tee to green, top 10 in DraftKings points in the last 50 rounds here. Good chipper. You might need to have a, a, a decent amount of chipping here because of how small uh, the greens are. Uh, he's really good from 125 to 150, like he's number one. I think, like you said, 125 to 175 is going to be uh, the main proximity ranges here. Uh, he's first from 125 to 150. Um, so, you know, really good. He's actually first in par four efficiency from 400 to 450 yards uh, in this field in the last 50 rounds as well. So I really like Webb uh, as my first cash game cornerstone pick. My second one is going to be Henrik Stenson at $9,100. At some point in time, the putter is going to have to work for him, right? I mean... This guy is gaining like more than four strokes on approaches like every tournament. Like it's easy for him. Like it's, it shouldn't be that easy to gain four strokes on approaches in every event you play. And then finish 25th or 35th. Or you know what I'm saying? It's just crazy to me. Uh, Poa is Stence's best putting surface. Now, if, like listen, if you look at the last seven uh, events he's played with Shotlink, uh, the least he's been over four strokes gained six times. The least amount he gained was at the players, and that was uh, – oh, I'm looking at the wrong – I'm looking – yeah, I'm looking at Stenson. So the, the worst strokes gained he had was at the players. He missed a cut there. Yeah, it was 2.5, but he had like 6.7 at, the, at Bay Hill. He gained 7.3 at the Valspar, 6.1 at the Wells Fargo, 4.4 at the Byron, 7.4. He gained 7.4 strokes of the approaches at the PGA Championship and finished in 48th place at some point in time. The putter has got to work. And now, you know, he's accurate off the tee. This is a shorter course. He can pull that three wood out, hit a 290, be real good, hitting a whole shit ton of fairways. So I really do like Henrik Stenson as my second cash game cornerstone pick. Um, for GPPs, I sort of like Brant Snedeker. Uh, a guy, we know he can putt well on POA. A uh, really good putter overall. If you look at the uh, how the golfers won, like Piercy won here in 2012, Fjork won here in 2006. They both crushed the field in putting wise. They were less. They were weren't as good than the majority of the field on approaches or off the tee. They won because of putting. Uh, so I mean, it's sort of weird. You know, putting is hard to gauge. It's hard to trust. But Snedeker is usually always a good putter, a uh, good chipper. So I like Snedeker as a GPP play uh, this week. Who do you like in this nine K range? Love Webb. Um, so, you know, I don't know how popular he'll be at this point, but I think I've heard a little Sergio chatter. So my, my first T3PO of the week was actually Webb over Sergio. Uh, Sergio's popping more in the model, you know, in certain areas, but and I think it'll be the same for others. So I'm thinking that gives him a little bit of ownership in that sense. But uh, I'm with you on Webb, like you said, just hit from, from fairways, more fairways, better from those ranges that we talked about with those irons. I think he's got more upside than than he's priced at. You know, at 9700 I mean, I think he can be the guy to sneak ahead of these guys in the field or be right up there with a DJ or a Brooks or a Rory on Sunday. And, and then it just comes down to who putts better that week or, you know, or that Sunday. So uh, I really like Webb for 9700 I, I might not start any lineups with him, but I, I might go with like one, like a JT Webb to be different. Um, so I do like him. The other guy you mentioned was Stenson, pretty easy. Uh, something has to line up eventually, but he's dialed in right now. I got him, you know, bet for the U.S. Open um, that I'm excited about. So, you know, same sort of thing with those small greens there. So here, 
hoping with the, you know, especially with the rain too, if it softens up, as we talked about, he already hits fairways. So he'll be in the fairway. His approach game is dialed as you can possibly get. He's great with those ranges with irons. He's actually good long-term um, Josh Culp's future of fantasy. He's way up there on the bent POA and the POA stuff. So uh, since 2014. So if it lines up and it's softer greens, like you said, that drainage system isn't that strong. I mean, we could just see him go, you know, the open style when he was there with Phil, just making everything, walking them in from 60 feet. So uh, 9,100 was the same price as Hideki last week as well. Uh, it could burn me. I like your Snedeker call, but I'm way more on Stenson, way more on Webb. And as we talked about earlier, look what they do with the pricing. The range is like this range is just as tight as the 10K range. Right. And then you're into the next. So I already looked at the field. There's over 83, I think, is the number of golfers 6,900 and below in this field. So it sort of begs for a stars and scrubs with your DJ lineups. I think that's what the, the play is. But who do you go to? We'll get to that shortly. But yeah, short range here from from Webb down. So I'll kick it into the next range, Kenny. Uh, my second T3PO is right at the top. And this one, I hope, will be a little bit more unique. Uh, I'm liking Bubba Watson, actually, over Jim Furyk. Uh, old man Furyk's been dialed in. He's going to, again, pop in your models. He's got, you know, pretty much everything lines up for him from fairways to, to some of the ranges, you know, bogey avoidance, that sort of stuff that, that you want in general. But I'm looking at it from a DK points, super scoring, soft course perspective. And I'm looking at some of the stats. And if you look at Bubba Watson, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine of his last 10 events. And there's another event in there, the Masters, which doesn't have the tracking for it. He's gained strokes T to green. The same nine out of 10 events, he's gained strokes off the T. Uh, and the only one that's not tracked is the Masters, where he came in 12th. So I still like him to line up here quite well. I know it's not Glen Abbey where he has the real history uh, because it is what it is, totally different course, doesn't matter. But he did play this. Uh, back in 2006, way back when, and got a 14th. So it's not like he hasn't played well at this course before. Uh, some people mentioned today sort of a little bit of uh, a comp comparisons with Pebble or with uh, Riviera and, and two spots that I'm thinking of him. So, you know, he, he crushes Riviera. Uh, for, for him at this price, I don't mind it at all. 8900 just seems too cheap for a guy that wins on tour uh, recently. So, you know, not this year, but he's won in the past just recently last year a couple times. So, uh, Bubba Watson, 8,900. Love that play. Keegan, got to go back to the punishment. Don't care. I don't know when. I couldn't find the last time he's missed two cuts in a row uh, looking back. So he's definitely missed cuts here and there. But on the season, uh, I believe he's, yeah, 14 to 17. So I expect him to make the cut at 8,500. We, we know we can get it going. He just did the same thing he always does to us last week. Uh, I hope people are mad about that. I'll go back to him. I'm going to skip the Canadian Adam Hadwin and go to the other guy here, Bud Colley. Uh, Bud Colley turned it on again last week. He's actually been pretty solid lately. The price is sort of that uh, – I'm not expecting too much from him, maybe like a top 25, but it's the Rory Sabatini-ish type spot, you know, where Rory Sabatini was 8300 last week and no one wanted to play him at that price increase even though he's been dialed in. That's Bud Colley for me. Uh, Ryan Palmer I like a little bit. Uh, and then other than that, that's pretty much it, man, for this range. What do you got? Yeah, my uh, second cash game cornerstone is going to be in here. Uh, my third cash game cornerstone. And I've I've been having issues trying to get this last spot down. Um, I, I have Palmer, Ryan Palmer, right now. And I'll let you know, this could change uh, at some point in time. But Palmer's played this course before. He's uh, finished 20th. His stats, you know, for the last 50 rounds look solid for this. You know, good, good approaches. 
Good tee to green, sixth in DraftKings points, 15th in greens and regulation gain over the last 50 rounds, seventh in birdies or better gain in the last 50 rounds. Uh, he is the one guy that I wasn't sure of uh, this week for my cash. I, 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 I could move up to Furyk up at 8,800 instead. So check my Twitter feed uh, later this week to see if I do decide to change that because I don't do that often, but I had really a tough time coming up with this third spot here in this price range. So it could change, but right now my third cash game cornerstone is Ryan Palmer at $8,200. Real real um, quick, Kenny, what, what about, uh, speaking of that, what about a guy I missed, Jason Duffner? What about him for cash? 8700 yeah, bucks. I can't play him in cash. Now, GBPs, yes, because the guy's been playing really well. Uh, so I think I'll probably use him in GBPs, but I wouldn't use him in cash. If I'm going to move up, uh, it's going to be either – it's probably going to be Furyk. Uh, up yeah, I don't know. If, I just don't see him just, keep it up. If we see this 20 underscore coming in with these soft conditions, yeah, but I, I don't think he cuts off cut at like either. 15 under. We'll say, oh, he's not going to miss the cut. No, you're right. That's the, no, that but he's cash. also pushing 9K. So he's pushing 9K. Yeah. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. And so that's why I, if he was like 8,400, I would have gone him over Palmer. Uh, but I'm going Palmer because he has a little bit of history. Now, you know, Colonial is a, is somewhat similar to this week, you know, was shorter fairways, uh, shorter course, and he did well there. Now, he always does well there. That's the thing. Uh, and he can finish sixth. Maybe he can come back, gain a little bit of momentum. Uh, you, of course, he's, uh, you know, he's not playing – with any pressure i mean he has that tour card now for two years so you can go out there play freely uh be fine so so right now we're going we're going ryan palmer it might change uh, just give me a tweet i'll tweet it out later this week if i decide to change it uh but i do like bubble a lot i think his price is really low for the talent that he has in this field eighty nine hundred dollars seems really cheap for a guy who's won you know three majors and stuff like that so um yeah so i mean i, I think you got to play him uh, this week in GPPs. I do like Bud Colley a lot. Uh, Bud Colley's been super hit or miss. It's like top 20 or miss cut. So definitely a GPP play for him. Uh, Austin Cook. I'm sorry. Austin Cook is the one that's a, GPP that, uh, that's a hit or miss. Uh, he's he, he's either top 20 or miss cut. And I do like the way that Austin Cook has been playing. So, uh, you know, especially recently. So I, I'll go a little bit of Cook there um, as well. All right, so let's move down to the 7K range. Uh, my final cash game cornerstone is going to be uh, Nick Watney at $7,500. His form has been really good. He's been ball striking, the tremendous ball striking here recently. You know, in the last 12 rounds in this field, he's seventh in approach, third in strokes gained tee to green, sixth in green in regulation. He's really good from 150 to 175, really good at par fours. So I do like Nick Watney as my final cash game cornerstone pick. So my cash game cornerstone picks, subject to change, uh, is going to be Webb Simpson at 9,700, Hendrick Stenson at 9,100, Ryan Palmer at 8,200, and Nick Watney at 7,500. This leaves around $15,500, so plenty of room to fill out the rest of your lineup. Other guys I do like here in this range, uh, Kevin Tway, he's been playing pretty good golf. I think his dad won here in 2003 so maybe his dad can give maybe his dad can give him a few pointers or something about how to go about this course and it's weird because he's a bomber but he's been pretty decent on these short shorter courses here lately um if you take a peek at his uh, performances you know top 20 uh at, at colonial there so really solid work by him at you know at a shorter course um 
So maybe he can come back, use some of that momentum that he has. Um, other guys I like in this range, uh, Joaquin Neiman, I think his time is coming. I think his game is trending upwards. It's getting better. This could be a week to use him. Uh, always good tee to green. Always good with those approaches. Really good from 400 to 450 yards. Uh, Jonas Blix, another guy, been playing really, really solid golf uh, here recently. Like in his, in, in his last like 12 rounds played, you know, he's been crushing par fours, hitting a ton of fairways. He's actually really good at longer par threes as well. Who do you like up top in the 7K range, Tim? Couple guys uh, here that I like. So I was gonna, I was just looking up Bobby Tway's win. Yeah, you said that back in 03. So I don't know. I wasn't really on Tway because of that. My my last TPO was I, I don't know. It's scary when you get when you and I are the same on these because uh, if they're gonna be cash plays, they're gonna get popular just based on your your knowledge alone and what you're posting out there. But I, I feel like Corey Connors is a guy that everybody always goes to. Uh, and he's at 7,500. I was going to say from a Canadian standpoint, I'm going to switch to the other here with Nick Watney, uh, who's just been dialed in more lately. I know that Connor's got the win, but ever since that, he sort of hasn't done anything. He'll make a little cut here and there, but he's 63rd or 61st or something. Watney's had some real good upside there. Top 10 upside at 7,500 feels way too cheap. So um, to recap those quickly, I got Webb over Sergio. I got Watson over Furick, and I got Watney over Connor. So the triple W this week, www. Who knows, man? Put a dot on it because this is going to be Webb, Watson, and Watney week. If you get your lineup set up proper here, so those are my three. The other guys in this range I'm interested in. Uh, for some reason, Jonas Blixt is popping a little bit. You know, he he's been sort of hot lately. I like all these little trio of guys in here: EVR, Eric Van Ruyen, uh, Aaron Wise, and Jonas Blixt. All GPP upside plays, hit or miss, but they've actually been pretty solid. They pop in enough of the categories that we talked about at the top of the show. So I like that trio of dudes at 7800 bucks. Mix them around. Um, Zach Johnson feels a little bit too cheap at $7,600. Uh, again, not done much lately, but I'm just, you know, Kenny, you always talk about it with me. I'm always on these long-form guys. Zach Johnson, too much talent, too good of a golfer. You know, it's a it's a shorter track. I feel like it could set up well for him if he gets that putter going, if the greens are a little bit softer. Uh, Zach Johnson, 7,600 seems too cheap. Talked about Watney. I'll take over dropping down below and going into this lower 7K range. Not many guys here. KH Lee popped for me a little. Uh, struggling a little bit. I'll probably play a little bit of both of them, but Denny McCarthy and Dylan Fratelli, those guys are two dudes that sort of pop up here and there and can score. Uh, so I like those two. Uh, and then dropping down from there, there's not too many, to be honest. The other guy I like who was all right for uh, for me in showdown on the weekend was Peter Malnati. Uh, had a pretty good Sunday where he could have had a, a lot better Sunday. Uh, and he's $7,100. So round it up with that. Who do you got from 7500 bucks and below, Kenny? Uh, down here, of course, I do like Watney, like I said earlier. Mackenzie Hughes has that home course narrative. This is actually his course. So he should know it pretty well. So maybe I'll use him a little bit. Um, other guys, I like Scott Stallings a lot. His stats are popping. He's really good with his wedges. Uh, it makes a lot of birdies. Good approach game. I like Scott Stallings. I'll play a little bit of Brian Gay and Malnati as well. Because like I said, this good putters of putting has been a very, very big part of the winning combination here. And, and it is every week. But a little bit more than normal compared to the usual approach game or off the tee or tee to green. Uh, you know, that, that's where the majority of winners get make their bones. Uh, but the putting, 
uh, it was a big factor for both those wins the last two times they played here. So these two guys, Gay, Malnati, both really solid putters. Uh, I'll be using both of them as well. Um, other guys, uh, I'll probably throw a little bit on um, K.H. Lee. He's been playing really well. He the he, he was second-round leader or something like that before he really fell off. Uh, but he's been having a nice little streak of golf here recently. So uh, I'll play a little bit of him. Um, that's probably going to be it around this 7K range. Uh, let's move on to the 6K range. Just a couple of guys that I do like in this range. Johnson Wagner, a fellow Hokie here. Always good putter, good iron game. That's going to be solid. It's going to be needed here. Uh, you know, really good at par fours. Uh, hits a ton of greens. So I like Johnson Wagner. Uh, Sepp Straka is another guy. He's been playing pretty well here recently in his long form. 50 for the last you know, 40, 50 rounds he's played. He's been pretty good as well. Really good at long par threes. Uh, good from 150 to 175 yards. Top 20 in drafting points uh, in the last 50 rounds in this field. So I'll use a little bit of a Sepp Straka. Hank Lebiota, uh, another guy I do like in this range. Top 10 in DraftKings points uh, in the last 50 rounds in this field, which is pretty surprising. I mean, I'm guessing he's playing easier courses, but still that's pretty solid. Uh, 10th and birdie or better gained uh, in the last 50 rounds in this field. So I like uh, Lebiota a bit. Uh, other guys that I saw down here, there aren't many. Once you get down real low, it's basically a crapshoot. Uh, but then like a lot of these guys down below, uh, I don't know. I'll probably play a little bit of Dominic Bazelli. Uh, another guy who just pops out of nowhere, and when putting is important, he usually tends to come up and, and come up pretty well. Really, really strong putter. So uh, I'll play a little bit of Dominic Bazelli down low. Who do you like? Another trio of guys. You mentioned a couple of them, but Wagner, Straka, you mentioned those guys there. But I'm always an Adam Schenk guy. Another guy that pops up for me. Um, you know, decent putter. De- you know, in the last few, you know, 24 rounds type deal. He's you know, good approach. Decent uh, DK scoring, bogey avoidance, uh, good from that range, 125, 150 with a good putter. So Shank at 6,800, I like. Nate Lashley, we've been on him before. I won't go away from him now. So 6,700 still feels a bit cheap. So I'll I'll roll him out a little bit. Uh, Other than that, man, like I said, they're basically tricking you by putting all these guys down here and saying like, you know, I'd just say this. I'd be careful about going heavy in this range. I know it's easy because you can get your – DJ Brooks, Rory, whatever you want lineups in and then start filling it up with all these guys. But these guys down here don't really, I mean, they're all super long shots and it's a little bit different. I know people will say, well, you know, lately we've seen all these 6K scrubs or scrubs and scrubs lineups have uh, been getting it done. Yeah, these are tougher courses that they were playing, right? So, you know, and the fields weren't that scrubby. And it's not right maybe to call any of these guys a scrub. They're professional golfers, credit to them. I'm just saying, you know, as what we call it in our terminology, stars and scrubs, the cheaper price refers to the scrub. And at the end of the day, there's not a lot of guys down here, you know, Albin Choi, Joey Garber, Chad Collin, JJ Henry, Michael Gligjik. Like, you don't even know half these guys are. So, uh, Carlos Ortiz was a guy getting back on track here that I like, 6,300. Again, GPP play, hit or miss, but 6,300's cheap. And we've seen him have a little bit of upside here and there. So uh, if he can make the cut and get through and maybe get a top 25, that'd be huge at $6,300. Other than that, man, there's really nothing that I like. Like, I just don't like any of these guys down here. Do you have anybody else that you really want to talk about? I mean, I'll probably – one guy I missed, I'll play Alex Proop. Pru, I can't pronounce his name. I'm Korean. My bad. English is my second language. Uh, but I like <laughs> Alex Pru a little bit. Uh, recently, he's been really good at hitting greens. 
really good at par fours and really good at long par threes. That's a really nice combo to have. Uh, so I do like Alex. Uh, I'm not even going to say his last name again, but Alex Pru, uh, I do like him. Um, other guys that I do like, uh, you know, I'm going to have to play some of these guys. So I'll play him. Uh, the other guys I played, maybe a little bit of Tyler Duncan, who's been good at long par threes, really good wedge player here recently. So I'll probably play a little bit of him as well. Um, yeah, and then there's going to be more throughout the week as I dig deeper. But those are the main guys that I'll be looking at so far uh, in this 6K range. All right, did we miss anybody there, Tambo? It's almost like I said, a trick or a trap it seems, where they want everyone to get into this range. And I'm just going to focus on the guys we spent the most time on from 6,800 and up and not play, maybe play one guy under 7K, if that, and just focus on all those 7K and up guys to still make my lineups work. They'll just be a little bit lighter on the top heavy side. All right. So before we get into the betting segment, I do want to talk about GupsCorner.com. GupsCorner.com is working with the Fantasy Golf Degenerates. Uh, Really, really great site. The guys over there do a tremendous job. Last week, Gup himself picked the first round leader, Ryan Moore, and the winner. He did the double last week. Yeah, huge week. Yeah, Gup is crazy sharp, guys. So if you haven't yet joined, use promo code DGEN25. Get 25% off a... uh, a subscription, either a one, a one month prescription subscription is fifteen bucks. You get twenty five percent off that, or a year long pres- uh, subscription. Uh, and it's not just the end of the season year long; it's a three hundred sixty five day subscription for one hundred nineteen dollars. And then you take that twenty five percent off, so it's under under a hundred bucks. They have so much great knowledge over there on that site when it comes to ownership projections, uh, gups picks. Buck's course description, Ruby's article, um, Tambo's article. Really, it's worth the money. Great site, great betting analysis. Really, really good stuff there. So make sure you go gupscorner.com, use promo code DGEN25, and get yourself a subscription. Tambo, why don't you lead us into the betting segment? For sure. Betting segment comes to you guys sponsored by BetQL. Go to betql.co, download the app. Uh, It's available on the App Store, Android app. You can get it on both there in the Google Play Store. Uh, Essentially going over three things. When you get the app, you're looking at public betting. So you can see all the public trends in real time, whether it's for baseball, football, basketball playoffs are in right now with the Raptors. Uh, You got... Uh, line movement. You can see how the lines are moving throughout the day. So if you can see the, you know, the money's on one side, which is the next fact, uh, then you can see that maybe they get on the other side of that bet because the public's going a certain way. And then lastly, they actually post their value bets. So if you want to make a, you know, a portfolio of bets and get them in, they'll have an algorithm that shows you all the top value bets of the day. With that said, Kenny, I am on a crazy one this week. I am going to go with, and not all books allow this for some reason, but mine does. So I've got, and I think most will, I'm not saying like you can't get it. I'm just saying Bet365 has it for sure. But I've got DJ, Brooks, and Rory doubled with DJ, Brooks, and Tiger at Pebble. So I'm going to have to wait. I'm not going to get paid out this week, but I'm that high on one of those three winning at the top between DJ, Brooks, and Rory that I'm going to roll that, and then I'm just going to wait on some top 20s. Because I think there's lots of guys in the field that have merit, but I really do think it's like top 20s or, or whatever. But 
I feel like DJ or Brooks wins this and maybe even Rory. I know what we talked about at the top, but I think it's one of those three gets it. If JT or Kucher burns me or some of the other guys, then so be it. But I like having that. And I'm not betting Brooks next week at seven and a half to one at the, at the U S open. That's just crazy. I don't care if people say it's free money or not seven and a half to one. It's like me missing Cantlay at 18 or 20 to one. It sucks. I don't like losing money and 20 to one's real money, but it's not something I'm going to lose sleep over. Like when I missed out on Keith Mitchell after I've been betting him forever. And then he goes and wins at three figures. So yeah, uh, I'm not big on much here this week. What do you got, Kenny? Uh, this week I got Webb at 22 to one. Uh, I have Snedeker at 40 to one and Watney at a hundred to one. And I'm going to add some top 10 and top 20 bets here because of how many low, not low skill, but like, not as good as the upper echelon golfers there are in this field. Like you said, there's 83 golfers in the 6K range. So, I mean, if I see something from them, maybe Johnson Wagner, top 20, Sepp Straka, top 20, something like that. I'll probably have a few of those this week. For sure. All right, so one and, one and done. Who do you got? I got nobody at the top left, man. I Well, sorry, I shouldn't say that real quick uh, thing. I got, I got Kepka left, but I got to save him for next week and just hope – Somehow that's my hedge on not betting that seven and a half to one. He gets it done. And then uh, give me some way of getting back in. And hopefully people used him at the other majors or, or the one that he won already uh, to try and catch up with him that way. So I'm going to go Bubba Watson. Talked about my love for him. Talked about him in my first uh, or my second T3PO there. So uh, I like uh, Bubba Watson on this course. He's the best of the rest, we'll call it, that I've got left. All right. I'm go- I still have Webb left. Nice. So I'm using Webb Simpson. I'm using Webb Simpson this week. I got Hideki last week, so that was a nice sixth-place finish. But I need another win or two to really move up here in this segment. So uh, I'm going to go Webb Simpson this week at this tournament. All right, buddy, did we miss anything? Nope. I'm excited for this week, man. It's going to be good. I'm going to go really um, tight this week with my pool. So I'm going to just pin it down and then just get these guys because I'm going to go so heavy DJ that it is what it is. If he has a bad week, I had a bad week, and we'll get it back with the million bucks at the U.S. Open. Yeah, I'm actually playing a little bit less than normal this week just because I had a tough time trying to nail down all the info I needed to find on the course and stuff like that. So with all these question marks and stuff going into this course, um, I'm going to play a little bit less this week. So, all right. Uh, Why don't you tell them where they can find you, Tambo? For sure. Um, GupsCorner.com. We talked about it just a minute ago with you. Uh, A couple things. One, use the promo code DGEN25. It's the only code uh, out there right now. If you do even a month, it's like $11. It works out too. Uh, Just to check us out and get in the Slack, I promise you at the end of the first two, three days, you'll be like, holy shit, why did I not sign up for this a year ago, whatever, right? When we first dropped it. So um, another thing is the US Open shirts are on sale and they're just flying off the shelves right now. Uh, JB is just putting together a ton of orders for people for the U.S. Open, getting them shipped out right away. Uh, Father's Day is coming up. It's the sickest design I've ever seen. Uh, I only got to have a small part in that by okaying it and see what I liked and didn't like. But uh, in the end, they came up with a great design. That's on sale there now. And then add me on Twitter, at Totag and Tambo. Catch up on there. Hit me up if you have any questions, DMs, whatever. Trying to catch up to Kenny. He's got all the followers. So uh, someday maybe, right? It'll happen. It'll happen. I just get lucky. People, <laughs> people, people like drunk Koreans, I guess, for some reason. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, of course, at KendoVT. I put out a whole bunch of info on there when I get bored late at night. So make sure you check that feed out. You can find my article on PowerHourPod.com. 
All right, guys. Uh, it's it's Tambo's open. There's a whole bunch of Canadians that, in this DFS industry. So big week for all the Canadians. Uh, hopefully it's a big week for DGen Nation. Let's win some motherfucking money. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, healthcare, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. The rich and powerful want us to think the economy is a line on a stock market ticker. That's wrong. The economy is powered by us. It's what we create, what we buy, what we need. President Biden has proposed bold public investments in jobs and families, but more is needed. We need housing, health care, caregiving, action on the climate crisis, and millions of good-paying jobs. This is our moment to finally unlock prosperity for all of us. For more information, go to prosperus.org. That's prosperus.org. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.